Welcome to our next podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and listening in. Today we're going to be visiting the world of the kids' ministry here at Peninsula Baptist Church, and we are blessed to have in our recording studio today Katrina Dora, who is our children's minister here and uh, working with our children's ministry, and I want to give you an opportunity to be able to meet her and hear a little bit behind the whys and the whats of the children's ministry here at Peninsula. Peninsula. Well, welcome, Katrina. So glad that you're here. Thank you, Daniel. I'm excited to be in the podcast room today. I know. It's crazy. You, you have arrived, some might say. I know. I don't it's know who just... would say that, actually, but um, I just said it. So. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely fun. <laughs> Good. Uh, like I say, I'm so glad that uh, we people are listening in today. I want to give them an opportunity first to kind of meet you, uh, maybe to put a voice with a name, and have an opportunity for them to hear a little bit about just who you are, your family, maybe how long you've been here at Peninsula, how long you've lived in Mooresville, those types of things. So take a moment, if you want in mind, to just introduce yourself. Sure. Well, I grew up in Oklahoma, and... My parents are have heavy Sooner, Oklahoma Sooner fans. So if you're not an Oklahoma Sooner fan, then uh, I apologize in advance. Yeah, well, people <laughs> people might not just get what you're saying there if they're not a fan, right? So I know. I guess I would say if you don't get what she's talking about, you're not a fan. <laughs> that is that is correct. <laughs> but, you know, there's not a lot going on in Oklahoma. So you're either an Oklahoma Sooner fan or an OSU fan. So oh, gotcha. Those are pretty much what you do. <laughs> but... um. Anyway, so I grew up in Oklahoma. I um, attended Southwestern Baptist Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. And then in 2001, God brought me to Mooresville, North Carolina, which honestly at the time I thought was in the middle of nowhere. I thought I was going to the land I did not know. Yeah, way out there. <laughs> Coming from Oklahoma all the way to the East Coast. What in the world? Yes, I know. <laughs> well, what brought you to Mooresville originally then? You were coming out of seminary. Right. So God brought me to be on staff at another church. Okay. As Minister of Education and Families, I was single, and um, it was all I knew about Mooresville is it was Race City, USA. Yes. <laughs> but there was a Chick-fil-A and a Target close by, so I knew that, you know, I could survive. So it was still a little bit of civilization <laughs> for you. That's Yes, because at the time, it was definitely not what it is today. Mooresville's grown a lot since I moved here. And so if I understand correctly, around that time is when you met your husband. It is. That's correct. So a few months later, I met Robert on a on a what was supposed to be a blind date, but I made those that were introducing us go with us. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is going to be a blind double date. That's right. That's right. So we went to dinner that night and had a great night. And of course, you know, now a few months later, well, he asked me to marry him and we just knew that God had brought us together. So I always say it's uh, it's really neat to see how God brought an Oklahoma girl and a South Carolina guy together in North Carolina to meet. So is he a Gamecock? No, he's a Clemson. <laughs> no. He's a Clemson guy. Boy, I just about... If, oh, he, if yeah. he's listening, I'm sorry, Robert. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I, I just kind of slipped there for a moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he went to Clemson, got his master's degree from Clemson. He's a mechanical engineer and definitely a diehard Clemson fan. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I know that now. I, I yes. should have probably thought that, and perhaps maybe we should consider editing that part out. No, I'm just kidding. He's got a good sense of humor, so he'll yeah. be able to laugh along, laugh along with it. And I'm so, sorry. and you have children. I do. So we have two kids, Caleb, who's a freshman in college, and Caitlin, who's a junior in high school. Yeah. Wow. They grow up really fast. 
They do, because I, I started on staff here when Caleb was going into kindergarten. Wow. So it's been a long time. Yeah, count those on your fingers. Yeah. How that, how that goes through. So amazing. And they've both been a part of the ministries here and uh, serving well, serving alongside you. Your whole family just dives right into the children's ministry and does such a phenomenal job here with it. And so let's talk a little bit about the children's ministry then. Let's kind of dive into what it is that we do. And then we'll talk a little bit about why we do what we do. Um, Because Obviously, and I think you'll be able to speak into this, children's ministry is more than just a a place for parents to drop their kids off so they can go to their connect group or to worship. There's a lot more intention behind it. And that's kind of what I want to hear today so that people can pick up the heart of why we do the children's ministry. But first, I want everybody to hear what we do. What do we do for the children here on Sunday? Let's go with Sunday morning first. Sure. Yeah. So Sunday mornings, we have two hours of programming at 9.30 and 11. And we start out in for first through fourth grade, we start out in the clubhouse. And we do a fun, just interactive kind of worship time with them. We uh, watch a video that relates to the theme or the topic that we're going to be and talking it's about. Very seldom quiet. When I walk by there getting ready to go into the service, you've already cranked up, and I'm thinking, wow, the decibels in that room. Yes. <laughs> but fun, fun. It's yes. fun decibels. It's not chaos, it's fun excitement. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. It, it is organized for sure. But, uh, but yes, fun, energetic, high energy time for the kids. We really want the kids to just have fun worshiping God, to, mm. to just understand how uh, awesome it can be just to be in God's presence and worship him. And so super fun. And then we, we do the Bible lesson together in there and then they break out from there into smaller groups so that they can be more intentional, have an opportunity to ask maybe deeper questions that they have about the Bible lesson that we studied. And then they also do interactive um, activities to help them kind of use their different senses, right. To, to um, experience the lesson. Yeah, And it reminds me of the old show kids say the darndest things, you know, remember Mm -hmm. I, I feel for those, some of those leaders in there, I've, I've had opportunity to lead that age before. And sometimes they ask some of those questions. You're like, huh? Did you really know the question you just asked? And, <laughs> and so they can challenge them. So kudos to your leaders. So the big room, um, when that's going on, it's not just you leading, right? It's um, kind of a team approach to what's happening in the big room with the absolutely the high energy. <clears throat> absolutely. So we have volunteers who run our tech system. We have um, Bible a Bible story leader who right now is... Um, Rhonda Hart, mm-hmm. um, but we've had other parents who enjoy doing that as well, um, like Kim Peterson, who've led in that way. Um, and then we also have our volunteers that are participating and engaging in worship and engaging in the fun games and things that we do um, as well. And always, every time I walk by there on Sunday mornings, always so well organized, like the leaders bags are already put together. That's right. They're sitting there with their, you know, their grade with a little pole sticking up with a grade on it and everything. And it's always ready to go when they come through the door on Sunday mornings. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot that happens Monday through Friday, maybe sometimes Saturdays too, (laughs) to be honest, um, to get ready for that high energy hour. It's not just uh, everybody wakes up on Sunday morning and goes, oh, let's go do something. It was planning, prayer, 
thought process, intentionality, and you're not doing that by yourself. So you have some help, I think, on staff, right? So tell us That's about right. tell us about your help <clears throat> that comes alongside you during the week to get that ready. Yeah, absolutely. So Amy Chen is my administrative assistant, and she is a rock star administrative assistant. She helps me remember some of the details that sometimes I, I forget just because I see the big picture and she's so good about seeing the details. And mm. she helps make sure that our bags are put together each week. And sometimes we involve other volunteers who come in and assist, especially if it's a big activity that we're planning, they'll come in and assist her with that. And she um, helps them do that. And then we also have Amy Wiggins who helps. So two Amy's. Eight, two Amy's. So I do, know. do you just say, Hey Amy, or do you have to, <laughs> you have to look at them and say, Hey, Amy W or Amy C or. <laughs> well, I definitely when talking with our volunteers, I have to say, Hey, ask Amy C about that or ask Amy W about that yeah. because, because <laughs> they, they definitely have specific roles, but right. Amy Wiggins really helps plan um, our volunteers behind the scenes for Sunday mornings, which is extremely helpful and uh, and very, very needed. And she's so great at that. And then she also helps with um, planning our videos that we do for Sunday morning. She, she speaks into that, the songs that we do and things. So it's, it's definitely a team effort um, to pull all that off and to pull yeah. it off with excellence because that's important to us. Sure. And and one thing that I want to kind of speak on for just a moment, and I didn't set you up for this, but I'm, you lived it, so you'll be able to talk, no problem with it. But um, you and your husband, Robert, got some bad news, I guess, a little over a year ago. And um, Amy Wiggins that's where she really plugged in and helped, you know, with the ministry. Tell us just a little bit about that side of things and how the teamness actually helped so well during that. Definitely. So yeah, this time a year ago, we were in a totally different place as a family. Um, in July of last year, um, we found out that Robert, my husband had cancer stage four Hodgkin's mm. lymphoma. And we were, um, just completely shocked by that news because we had no idea he was yeah, having some sure. back pain, but we didn't think it was it was you know stage four cancer. So right. stop picking up heavy stuff, Robert. That's kind of probably <laughs> what you were thinking when you were going in to get checked, right? Right, right. Well, they originally thought it was like a degenerative issue with his one mm. of his you know with his spine and. Then that went into, hey, this is getting worse, not better. And that's when we realized it was it was cancer. So so in that moment, um, you know, I think I, one thing that we really appreciated as a family, as the staff really came along beside us. And Daniel, you were quick to say, hey, I think you're going to need to take some time off, time away to be with your husband and just really focus on him. And at the time I thought, no, I, I've got this, I can do it. But then as we got into it, I really, really realized just the wisdom in that because it, it really took everything I could to just take care of Robert and the kids and their needs. And yeah, absolutely. And it's not just a, a physical pull on your time for doctor's appointments and covering things that he's, you know, can't cover during that time, but it's an emotional and spiritual pull too. And I could see that coming down the pike for you. So mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for such a generous church that was willing to step behind that and say, yes, absolutely. Take a leave of absence and, uh, you know, we'll do what we need to as a church to kind of step in and make sure that things are shored up. 
during that. And now you're on this side of it. Praise the Lord. Right. And, you know, looking looking back, I mean, it was such a, a hand of God, really, that he provided Amy Wiggins. And of course, Amy Chen was already in place during that time. But the two of them together, I knew when I when I, you know, took that leave of absence, I knew that the ministry would continue on and be in good hands. And, and, um, that was a relief to me because that, that was one thing that made me a little nervous because I care so much about the kids and the ministry that I wanted to make sure that whoever I handed it off to was going to be able to keep it, you know, sustain it. Right. Um, Right. And it's a, that was just Sunday morning we just talked about. Right. And it, it's, it's a beast, right? Um, it's, it's a massive undertaking. And so you have a, a good number of first through sixth grade, right? It's because you've doing something, you haven't explained what happens to the fifth and sixth graders yet. Right. Yeah. I was just about to say that. So, <laughs> um, so I'm really excited because pre COVID we had fifth and sixth grade broken out into kind of their preteen ministry, which is so great for them. But during COVID we, we ended up combining everything back into kind of a smaller group of first through sixth graders. Well, just recently, we've been able to to relaunch our mm. preteen ministry. Mm-hmm. And we started doing that over the summer some with our preteen Bible studies, which we'll talk about um, in a minute. But on Sunday mornings, our fifth and sixth graders meet um, in our preteen area, which is upstairs. And um, for the 930 hour they we do the lesson and everything with them individually upstairs and then they break into their preteen small groups and it's it's just it's really great to be able to bring that back we've seen growth in that area mm-hmm. and it's it's also good because our fifth and sixth graders are in such different places than our um developmentally emotionally spiritually than our first through fourth graders yeah i was just sitting here getting ready to say uh, what I hear you saying, Katrina, is there's a big difference between a first grader and a sixth grader. Yes. <laughs> and we could all we can all put that together and know that. But for <clears> sure, I'm so glad that our ministry is blessed enough to be able to split that off and provide that for um, those tweeners. Would you call them tweeners? Absolutely. Yes. So, okay. So that's what we do on Sunday mornings, right? Yes. Now let's shift to Sunday evenings when we have our equip time for everyone. Um, tell us a little bit about what that looks like and how that unfolds. Yeah, so on Sunday evenings, we do Awana with our K through sixth grade. And I just love the Awana ministry. It's such a strong um, Bible-grounded ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, The kids get to come. And And and, it's it's definitely nationally known amongst Christian circles, uh, perhaps internationally known, but definitely nationally known here in the Mm -hmm. States. Uh, as a very strong, doctrinally sound scripture memory program. Yes. And, you know, Daniel, what I love about it is our K through second graders are going through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're learning about the key figures that they need to know in that time in that time period throughout the Bible. So, you know, it's um, <clears throat> it's such a great program. And then our third through sixth graders are learning um, really why do they believe what they believe um, through looking at scripture and the biblical context? And so they're really gaining a biblical worldview without knowing that that's what they're gaining. It's just circling back around to, <laughs> are you smarter than a fifth grader? Because <laughs> it yes. sounds I'm feeling those vibes. <laughs> Maybe I need to get this group to help me plan some of my messages for Sunday morning. Uh, yes. So, Maybe yeah. we need to have a question answer time using their Awana book. <laughs> yes. Just have them up on stage. That would be a, that would be a good thing to do, I believe. So they're being 
uh, grounded in the doctrines, uh, what the word mm. is and what the doctrines behind the word. Is. Right. I mean, to really, you know, for our for our third through sixth graders to really learn, like, not only who Jesus is, but you know, who, you know, what is, what do the scriptures say about who he is? And if someone asks me who Jesus is, how do I answer that question? And so I think that's so important, you know, and how do we know that the Bible is true? Well, you know, what are the scriptures that back that up? And, you know, there's just so many truths that we, um, that our kids need to know today and, um, and they need to have the scriptures to back that up so that when they're questioned about it from their peers, they'll have an answer for them. Yeah. And as a child, you think a little more con- uh, concretely, and then when you start re- reaching adolescence and uh, you know above that, you start thinking more abstractly, and it's important to have that foundation so when the abstract thoughts start hitting you, you have a plumb line to keep you in check, and so that's, that's excellent. Although, I'm still in some of your thunder because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear from you in just a moment about why we're doing what we're doing. But there's a few other things the children's ministry does that I'm going to talk about too. Before that, though... So you've talked about an amazing program on Sunday mornings, an incredible program on Sunday nights, and some of the some of the people that's around you. But what would you say the volunteer base need is? If you can do the math in your head right quick, <laughs> um, for Sunday morning and Sunday night, what kind of volunteer base are we calling for from our church congregation to be able to run such an amazing ministry? Yeah, Daniel, that's a great question. I would say on Sunday mornings, it's between 40 and 50 volunteers. Um, And then I would say we can get by with 40, but we could really use, you know, probably 50. Mm -hmm. And then because we need some shadows in a few of our rooms with our special needs kids. That's one thing that I think a lot of people um, maybe don't realize in the ministries that we do today, that we do have kids who are on the spectrum autism or who have ADD, ADHD, mm-hmm. and they just need a little bit more one-on-one um, attention. And then we also, um, on Sunday nights, we have around 30 volunteers and our Sunday night volunteers tend to be every week volunteers. Um, they're really invested in the Awana program. And so that that's really great too, because they're able to build relationships with the kids. Right, right. So that's an army. It is. <laughs> it's an army. Just in your volunteer base alone, you're running what most would consider a small church. <laughs> Just in your volunteer base. So. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but yes. <laughs> so if you are volunteering in the children's ministry, uh, allow me to say thank you for that. And I know Katrina feels that yes, same way. Yes, definitely. Um, thank you for your, for your time and your service. That investing in a child that's setting a foundation for their walk behind it. So that's Sunday. There are other things that happen for our children. We haven't gotten to the why yet because I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that. I think that's, that's where we're going to gain a lot of insight. But um, what are some other things that we do with the children's ministry that hits our calendar? Yeah, so we have things happening all year, which to me is really exciting because that's just my personality. I love, I love the discipleship, but I also love the fun stuff that we get to yeah, do too. We everybody on staff calls you the banner and balloon <laughs> lady. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm the woo. I want to have you know want it to be fun and memorable, right? Creating right. memories mm-hmm. so that one day when these kids look back, they're like, man, I remember when you mm-hmm. know I didn't want it or I did Sunday mornings or. We had that back to school event. So that's something new that we started a couple years ago and it's been a big success. Um, I think people have really enjoyed it. Um, But we do a back to school event where we 
um, give parents an opportunity to take backpack tags um, home with them, really pray over their kids as they start the new school year. And I think it's just a, that backpack tag is going to be a reminder that my parents are praying for me mm-hmm. and that my church is praying for me and that I have a, you know, a, a group that's cheering for me from a spiritual perspective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And then, then we do our fall festival, which we just did uh, recently and yep, out in the front parking lot. Yes. I was told a couple of times I was too big to get on some of the <laughs> bounce houses to stay off of them, but uh, I obeyed. Yes. I stayed off of them. <laughs> it was really fun. We had Mr. D's uh, refreshments here with his fun snow cones and saw a lot of those walking around. And mm-hmm. so it, it was a fun, super fun night and just an opportunity for families to come create a memory and just to have fun together for us to fellowship. Yeah. Great fellowship. Yeah. It was good. As a body of believers. Um, We also have some events that um, are some of our summer events that we're looking forward to. So Windshape Camps for Communities is hosted on our campus, which is Chick-fil-A through the Chick-fil-A Foundation. Right. And it is one of my favorite weeks of the whole year because it's just so high energy. If if we could have people cheering through the hall every day, that would just make me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's high energy all day. I don't see how the ones who are volunteering, especially the wind-shaped staff that comes in, which are typically college-age students, I mean, they're burning the candle at both ends and staying high energy all day long. And I just kind of, I get tired watching them. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And you know, and and along that high energy comes with real truths about God's word that just can really impact the kids' lives and their hearts. As they, um, you know, are are spending time deep diving into his word during the summer. And we see a lot of kids give their lives to Christ at that camp. And if and they also just grow spiritually yeah. during that week. Well, their flyer says it's the best week ever. It is the best week and ever. So they hold to <laughs> it, I would say. <laughs> yes, they do. And they do it with excellence like you would expect from Chick-fil-A. So it's yes. it's great. Yes. Then we, we also do an overnight. It's their pleasure. Yes. Yes. It's their pleasure. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, then we also do our Centricid um, overnight camp for um, second through sixth graders. Mm. You have to be completed those grades to go. And it was actually created by the same people who do the Windshape Camp, which is our day camp. But the overnight camp was created by the same same people. Okay. So they're very similar. Um, this year, the theme for um, the overnight camp in 2023, the theme for overnight camp for Central Kid is going to be about um, looking beyond what you can see and looking at your heart. And what I love about the overnight camp is whenever you kind of disconnect for five days from TV and electronics and all the things that pull us away from God, it gives God a chance to really speak into your heart in a way that um, is a little different than the day camp experience. So it's neat. We've seen kids not only give their lives to Christ at Centra Kid Camp, but they've also um, committed their lives to ministry at Centra Kid Camp. So yeah, it's always a good report coming back from that camp. And you're right. It's a chance to change the the activity, the routine that you're normally doing to unplug from the everyday, what I want to be entertained with and a switching gears. And it causes them to kind of reflect and think about, wait, who am I before God and what does God want me to do with my life? And so it's good. It's excellent. It is. And I, what I like about that camp too, is we do take parent chaperones um, who've of course been background tracked and are a part of our ministry right. already. But um, 
but those parent chaperones have a chance to be a part of what God is doing in their lives with their kids. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a really sweet time for parents to get to go and spend time with their kids and see God moving in their lives. Exactly. Because our, all of our ministries here for families as we're building solid homes is coming alongside the family and equipping them you know, because they are the number one champion leader for their children, the parents are, or the guardians. Um, that's got them way more than we do, um, and so we want to come along and be able to equip that. So that's that's the what. That's what hits the calendar. That's kind of the what behind what's on the calendar: the Sunday morning, the Sunday night, uh, the you know the events that we have during seasons, and then the summertime events, things like that. But let's shift gears. Let's talk about the why. Why? Why have a children's ministry at a church um, to begin with? And, you know, what's kind of the thought behind that? What, let's hear from, from you first. Um, you're directing this whole program, and uh, you've certainly got a heart for it, a calling to it. Um, and so what's your heart behind the ministry? Maybe, maybe one of your favorite verses that kind of are favorite chapters or whatever in the Bible that throws a foundation into, you know, why you're doing children's ministry. What's the driving force um, behind it that keeps you coming back every Sunday and keeps you trying to get volunteers to work and and, and all those types of things? Yeah, well, Daniel, I would say, you know, for me personally, one of the one of the driving scriptures um, that led me to ministry to begin with was who will they go or who, who shall I send? Who will go for me? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and whenever I think about our kids today and just the struggles that they have, um, in our culture and what they're being bombarded with, um, or what they will be bombarded with as they get older. Um, it's just so important that our kids know the Lord, love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that they, um, you know, that they, they know how to talk to people about Jesus too. And so I think um, that also lean, pulls me back to the Deuteronomy chapter six verse. And, you know, in Deuteronomy chapter six, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. And I think for the kids, that is what I want to see them do. I want to mm. see them love God with all their heart, soul, mind and strength and understand what that looks like in our culture today. You know, it's one thing to read the scripture or to hear it, um, you know, shared from Rhonda or some of our leaders, but to not only hear it, but to actually live that out in their lives. What does that look like when they're sitting at um, the lunchroom table at their school? What does it look like when they're on the field playing soccer or in the dance studio doing dance? You know, what, what does that look like for that six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old? You know, it's different for each age what they're faced with. But we really talk a lot about worship isn't just what we worship is not just singing loud. It's living loud. That is that is one of our kind of mottos that I love on campus, because I think um, we can get into kind of this mindset that when I show up on Sunday, I'm checking a box off and that's worship. But worship is how Mm. we live for God every day of the week, every hour, every minute. Yeah, so it's uh it's all encompassing. So it's not just the event. It's not just the the loudness and the woo and you know the balloons and the banner, but that yeah. that's encompassing an underlying driving desire for them to be passionately in love with Christ. Yeah. And which is what 
I would say all of our ministries at Peninsula are trying to get across. We need to be passionately in love with Christ. That it's a twenty four seven thing. It's not a it's not a Sunday only thing. And and the world's tough enough. And yes. to try to tackle the world without Christ in your life, gracious, I just I can imagine those who are trying to walk through the world without the hope that Christ that Christ brings to that. So that's kind of your heart. So, so then, why do we do the ministry here? Why do why do we do it the way we do? What's what's the, what's the thought behind that? Yeah. So the the other piece of it is that we are coming alongside parents. I mean, that is really our goal. It's a partnership. Our ministry is a partnership with parents. We want to resource them and give them the tools that they need to be able to help their kids grow spiritually. And so, yes, we are doing the lessons on Sundays, maybe without the parents there. Some of them are volunteering with us. But if they're not, the parents may not be in the room at that moment, but they're hearing the same lesson that their parents Mm. are hearing. And so it gives them an opportunity to then at lunch talk about the lesson that they heard that morning or or possibly even bring it up days later as some you know as they encounter a situation where that lesson really applies which that's one thing that we found in our home sometimes we we would talk about it at lunch but we would also incorporate it later in the week as well cuz God would always give us a situation that would connect it to a real life situation yeah a lot of times for me and my family we'd be driving down the road and our girls when they were young they would just randomly ask a question from the back seat, you know, because of something that they had heard or thought about, you know, or, or anything. And it just opened up an opportunity to have that teachable moment or that not necessarily a teachable moment, more of a discussion moment to allow them to learn as they're asking questions. So that's good. I love what you said about the partnership with the parents coming alongside them, equipping them um, that uh, the Bible is very clear that the one who is responsible for the spiritual growth of the child is the parent. And so we want to, here at Peninsula, provide a ministry that allows the children to be a part of something so that the parents can go be fed uh, in a community group like our Connect groups that meet on Sunday morning or worship time together. And as they're being fed and as they're growing, um, the child's going to see that demonstrated in their life. And they're going to see, oh, my parents love Jesus too. And uh, it becomes a, a natural thing. Let me ask you a question, just kind of like a throw out an illustration for your family. Your husband's a Clemson fan, probably has a few orange things. Um, does Caleb or Caitlin doubt which team he pulls for? No. <laughs> yeah, right? So There is no doubt. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So that's that same concept, right? So uh, the parents... Um, need to be, we as parents need to be demonstrating with our children that there's no doubt that we are sold out to the things of Christ and to his, and to his, uh, you know, to his glory. And so hopefully the kids are hearing a repeat of what they're already hearing during the week in their parents' lives anyway. And right. that, that's a win, right? For you as a, as, as leading a, a children's ministry, that would be a huge win for you to, to all you're doing is come along and solidifying what the child's already heard during the week. Unfortunately, in today's culture, though, and maybe you can speak to this. I didn't set you up for this or anything, but it's just making me think about it as we're here talking. In our culture, it's almost as if, well, when it comes to the spiritual things, that's the church's job. Let's just let the church do that, and then we'll just do our life you know, through the week. Um, and that doesn't mean the parents don't love Jesus 
it doesn't mean that they're horrible heathens or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to lean toward. What I'm trying to lean toward is is that knowing, the child knowing that the first place they can come to to ask spiritual questions is their parent. Mm-hmm. And, and not wait. Well, I mean, they can definitely wait till they get here till Sunday to ask questions. But in that partnership, we want to champion the parents, right? Right. Absolutely. Because, I mean, the reality is that, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm looking at my kids who are almost grown at this point, you know, and even though I'm always going to be there for them and they'll know to come ask me, I mean, there's coming a point where as they get older and older, the, um, the, their small group leaders and the people that they had as Sunday school leaders along the way, you know, they're not going to have that same relationship with them, but, but they will always have a relationship with Robert and I, and we will always be walking alongside them. So that's why it's so important that the parents are the primary spiritual influencers, because as your kids grow, you're still going to be with them. We're our small group leaders and people who've poured into them through the years that were thankful for them. And, um, you know, they're not necessarily going to be there with them when they're 40, you know. Yeah. But um, absolutely. You know, in our culture today too, kids ministry is just it. it's so important. And I really want to encourage parents in this that. When I was growing up, there was kind of the sense that that kids really form formulated their faith in the teenage years. And that was, you know, kind of what was status quo in the 80s. Used to be. You know, 90s. <laughs> but what we're finding out now is that kids formulate their faith in God by the time they're 12. So what they right. believe about God, um, their morals, value, Christian moral value systems, all of those are set by the time they're 12 years old. So for me, that makes that doesn't mean that they can't change. You know, I mean, that that you know, obviously God still works in our lives and God can still um, change, you know, make changes in our lives, even as we're older. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's just I think it's just a reminder that, you know, these formative years are critical for our kids knowing and understanding who God is and how to have a relationship with God on their own. And so that's one thing that I think is so important about kids ministry. And then, of course, you know, the parents being the primary spiritual influencers goes hand in hand with that. So question, you've got a parent listening to this podcast and they say, hey, that sounds great. Love Peninsula. Love what you guys are doing. I love Katrina's heart. Everything sounds amazing. But my child just really doesn't want to come to anything. What kind of encouragement would you give that parent to kind of help them along the way? What kind of thing would you offer to them that might help in that when they're saying, hey, we're going to go to church and the child is doing their thing? You know, what chi- what children mm-hmm. do when, they, when they're kind of sticking their feet in the sand and not wanting to move? Yeah, well, a couple of things. I would definitely encourage them to come and talk with us, um, myself Amy Wiggins and Amy Chen, um, we would love to help them, um, you know, help their kids make that transition into being a part of the ministry. And we've been able to do that for a lot of kids because some some kids just have a little bit of anxiety or social anxiety about being away from mom and dad or about walking into a group where they don't know kids very well. Yeah, it can be intimidating, maybe. Yes. Yeah. And so um, being able to connect them with a friend their age that they can sit with in the room or walk into the room with a lot of times that helps kind of ease that anxiety and that's usually one of the first things we do is we say hey you know have you met 
um, you know, Alyssa, she's your age. And, you know, I can't wait for you to meet her. And then we bring Alyssa over and, you know, introduce the two. And that seems to kind of ease that initial, you know, anxiety of just walking in. Um, But then I would also say that we also have had situations where we've allowed parents to sit in with their kids for the for that first time, just so they can experience it with them and also help kind of ease that transition. And that has been great as well. Yeah, I have seen that. And I have seen the child I've observed, the child would sit there and they would kind of look around, they'd look back, check, make sure mom and dad was still there. But then as the hour went on, they started relaxing, you could see them smiling, and then you saw them laughing. And then they kind of forget their parents are there. Yes. And so as good as that. Well, I think we do that sometimes as adults, too. There right. are some situations where we as adults feel a little bit intimidated to walk into. And so we kind of need to put ourselves in that child's shoes for a moment. And uh, But we always know that if it's somewhere we need to be, it always works out better if we'll go <laughs> right. know, and actually be there. But um, that's, yes. that's good advice. I'm, I'm glad to know that you mm-hmm. guys have not only worked with that before, but you're willing to listen to parents that may be because every child is unique. Right. Every, every child comes to the table with a unique set of needs and skills and uh, being able to minister to them on that one-on-one level is really huge. Absolutely. And if there are things, you know, some kids come in with, you know, some, some really special circumstances. And mm. so we, sometimes we have to, you know, we cater to some of those special, like special circumstances. For instance, if it's too loud in the room, we have headphones that we can give them. Right. Um, you know, if they need just a little, if they need to sit in the back and sit with a leader because it just seems too much to sit in the, you know, with everyone, you know, we've done those things as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do try and really, you know, understand what's going on with each child and see how we can come alongside and minister to them. Yeah, because ultimately, you know, the balloons, the banners, um, all of that type of stuff, the loudness, the excitement, the videos, the games and the prepared bags, all of that is pointing toward people, right? Uh, individual people. And that's what ministry is about. Ministry is mm-hmm. about people. And uh, so we use methods and techniques like the programming that you explained to reach people and to love on people and to allow fellowship to happen. Um, Ultimately, we would love to know that a child loves it at church because being parents, you and I both parents, I have three girls, you have a boy and a girl. And when the child wants to be somewhere, it is so much easier to get them in the car (laughs) than it is when they don't want to be there. And uh, it makes Sunday mornings Uh, a lot more pleasant if the child wants to be there. So uh, if you're not a part of the ministry and you have children within that age bracket, uh, let them try it out. Let them kind of get plugged in uh, and we will do what we can to make it easier for them to be there so that they want to come. And uh, if they don't want to for a while, we'll, we'll tweak, you know, we'll tweak with that individual and work with them. So it's so good to hear about that. Uh, What is the, the, if you had one big thing that you wanted everybody to know about the Peninsula Kids Ministry, just that one big thing, it, you know, I didn't set you up for this one either, so <laughs> you'll probably listen to this later and go, oh, I forgot to say such and such, but that's okay. <laughs> just on the fly, knee-jerk response from the heart, the one big thing you want to know about the kids' ministry at Peninsula. Um, Daniel, that's a great question, uh, because there's so much I want to say about that. Um, 
I would say the one big thing is, again, for me, it's that kids love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. And that's something we can present on Sunday mornings and we can talk about the Lord and encourage them to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. But like we said earlier, parents being the primary spiritual influencers, if they're pointing their kids back to to the Lord all week, it definitely helps reaffirm that that message. Because at the end of the day, the balloons, the banners, the fun, you know, is 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 great. And it makes church a place that we hope kids want to come because that adds to that. But at the end of the day, what really matters is their relationship with God yeah, and, to that. and where they are spiritually. Yeah. So. And so that's one reason we, we did a tweak to our Sunday nights and we added the equip element to where the parents could come in and sit around the table with all age brackets and share a commonality uh, around the scripture uh, about the doctrines and, um, you know, kind of how Christ wants to remake us as adults. And so to have an opportunity so the parents can grow in that kind of setting. And you've got younger parents setting with, uh, you know, empty nesters. We've got, um, you know, some parents, you know, of fifth graders that are sitting with retired folks and, and they're hearing life and going through life. And that allows them to do that and equips them. We're praying, equips them a little bit more during the week to be able to, to demonstrate to their children just how important Christ is to them. So um, that's amazing. Well, that was a quick hit on such a massive ministry, <laughs> and uh, you do such an excellent job with it here, and we appreciate the time and the effort and the energy that you put into it, your whole family, actually. It is a family venture for you, <laughs> and uh, you guys serve alongside one another well, and we appreciate that. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank uh, you, Daniel. With the with the podcast, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed listening to the podcast. I'm certain that uh, if you wanted to serve in the ministry, um, that Katrina would be able to help you with that. So you can send an email to Katrina.Dora, that's D-O-R-R-O-H, Katrina Doro at Peninsula Baptist. It's Katrina.Doro. Yeah, I got to get that straight. <laughs> Katrina.Doro at PeninsulaBaptist.com. Or you can just swing by our office. That's right. Um, uh, look her up, find her, uh, and you can find anybody on staff if you want to serve in such an amazing ministry. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. We hope you have an incredibly blessed day.